standing just for a moment longer, please. I was just talking to my family this evening that I believe that Brother Branham was the most Christ-like person I'd ever been around. But I was thinking tonight as we were waiting for him, there's one way he is just not exactly like the Lord. The Lord said, in such an hour as you think not, he will come. But in the hour that you think, sometimes Brother Branham doesn't come. <laughs> so we've been waiting for him some little time tonight. I know you've been waiting for him to come. How many would like to have Brother Branham come back? And have about a two weeks campaign of real preaching like we had this morning. Would you like to have that? Well, Brother Branham, that was no slam against you. God knows we love Brother Branham here at the tabernacle. and always so glad for him to come. So we won't take any of your time. We'll turn the puppet over to him now to bring you what the Lord has put on his heart. Brother Branham. Thank you very much. Good e evening, friend. It's wonderful to be back in the life tabernacle. Again tonight, Brother <clears throat> was talking about me being late. I just have so much time to push myself or just relax myself before the Lord. And I I heard them knocking on the door, but I just didn't answer. <laughs> that was what it was. Because I, I had something important I had to talk to him about. So I just kept talking. Now... Because I'm always late, that's true. I was late for my wedding. <laughs> I can just be late for my funeral, is the main thing. Why do you think about that, brother? Oh, man, that's just about right, isn't it? <clears throat> brother, oh, man, I just noticed him back there, a very fine Christian brother. Just recently come to Christ as ex-serviceman, teaches voice in some school. Dying with heart trouble recently in a terrible condition. How the Lord Jesus touched him when he was laying just at the point of death where the best doctors had just about turned him over to be gone for good. Well, just raise up your hand, Brother O'Man. He's from Ohio, I believe, or Michigan. Where is it, Brother O'Man? Michigan. We thank the Lord for the healing of our dear brother. I remember I took him when he was first saved. I was going to baptize him at the river. Just as soon as he stuck his foot in the water, oh my, he just got blue all over. He looked like he had died right there. And how the Lord Jesus came down and made him whole. <clears throat> He's wonderful. Now, we certainly, one thing that I'm praying earnestly about now is going to old Mexico. I'm looking forward for a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit over there among the Spanish people. And I want you to pray. The Spanish people was the first people I ever had services for outside of the Anglo-Saxon, the white race of people or the um, uh, English-speaking people. And then the next was the American Indian. And then I think we went from there into Africa and so forth and many different nations since then. <clears throat> Just a little horse. This is a fourth time today. <laughs> um, so... Um, I, you're such a nice audience that I, I just run out of voice. I don't run out of desire. <laughs> so you've been awfully nice. And I appreciate this lovely time of fellowship with each and every one of you in different churches and so forth. And I pray that 
God will be with you and bless you till we meet. Many times, last evening, I was talking about having such a struggle when the presence of death and life come together. And it's a hard thing sometimes to minister in the right way when you're, when you're under that burden. But now, many of you has read the vision. Uh, it's printed this time in the Herald of Faith. Many of you take that little magazine. I'm not a salesman. I don't sell nothing. But I have one policy, and it's not for sale. It's to give away. That's a policy of eternal life. It's free tonight. You don't have to pay for it. It's already paid for. You just have to receive it. I don't know where they ever told you not. Wilmer Snyder, a friend of mine, we went to school together. He's an insurance agent, and that's a good thing. Life insurance. Well, my dad taken out a policy on brother and I when we were about we one year difference in us, so it was about eight, nine years old. When we got twenty, it was a ten year endowment, ever what it was, and it was supposed to pay off around five hundred dollars. When it come due, the agent never read it right to my father, and it was worth about dollar seventy five cents. And oh my, that didn't make me bitter. No, my poor dad had to work the way he did under the seat. There ain't no one can read one clear. Philadelphia lawyer couldn't do it. So then I just kind of soured down on insurance. So uh, I, one day, Wilmer Snyder, a friend of mine, we went to school together, come up to me and said, Billy, I'll tell you something. I said, all right, Wilmer. He said, I wish you'd just quit that nonsense. He said, there's no need of you feeling that way. You need an insurance policy. I said, I got it. He said, oh, you're insured? I said, yep. My wife looked at me as if to say, say, what's went wrong with you? You're telling a story otherwise. She said, what? what? I said, yeah, I'm insured. She said, well, Billy, what insurance do you have? I said, blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. Oh, he said, that's good, Billy, but that won't put you in a graveyard. I said, but he'd get me out. <laughs> I'm not so worried about getting there. The thing's getting out. <laughs> that's the one that brings me out. And the good thing about it, it's paid for. And so the price is already paid to Calvary. They're given to whosoever will receive them. And now, in the, this life field of battle, let's keep our heads towards Calvary, our eyes looking straight to He who died and paid the supreme price for our salvation at Calvary and by stripes we were healed and we believe him tonight with all of our heart and I hope to come back and thank you for that welcome of coming back uh, I know you meant it and you, you love me and I love you it seems to be the Holy Spirit's just getting around on to me about praying for the sick now so I'm going to settle right down I know it's, it's that strategic time I've never come to Streetport and had a real healing service. That's right. Because I come and preach. Never, when I come sometime for a healing service, let somebody else do the preaching. And let me stay right under the cross all day long. And come and watch the difference in it okay, when you come in. But here, after leaving the room and coming here and speaking a while, and sometimes I talk too long and then I kind of lose the effects of it. And I, it's something that, it's anointing. And 
Now, on this new vision that the Lord gave me, uh, the vision is printed in the herald of his coming, or the herald of faith, and I think also the herald of his coming. It was sent to them. Herald of faith comes out of Chicago, Brother Matson Bose's paper, a wonderful little paper. Got an article in there this month. You get a roll up, Brother? We should read that article. You know, I have a lot of write-ups and so forth. But there was a Lutheran preacher gave me one of my favorite write-ups. And I, I certainly liked it. And Brother Joseph Fosse reprinted it. It's in this month's issue. And in reading the vision, you notice how that the Holy Spirit had showed something else is just fixing to happen. And in these kind of healing services that I'm having now, until I get into the tent, I'm just like a child with Christmas anticipations. I can hardly wait till I get in there. This way I can only stand so long because it's your faith that does it. It's not me operating that gift of God. It's your faith of doing it. See, not me, it's you. Say, Brother Bram, can you, I can't do nothing. It's you that's doing it. You're just making me do the talking. Your faith is doing that. You out there in the audience with diseases and sicknesses and things, it's you using God's gift. Now, you see, God has a gift. Now, let's just measure it like this so because of somebody might come in for the first time tonight. Jesus Christ was the greatest gift that God ever had. Don't you believe that? And when he was here on earth, he had, he had the spirit without measure. All the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelt in Christ. Now, he was like the whole oceans, all the seas and all the water, which is about four-fifths of the earth, is covered with water. And all that water was in him. That's comparison with the blessings and the measure of spirit that God gave him. Now, in his servants, ministers, and we is just a spoonful of water in comparison out of that ocean or the seas. But the same, same chemicals that's in the whole ocean is in that spoonful too. See? So it's got to produce the same thing if it comes from the same place. You see? That's the reason. Now, you say, Brother Branham, I... I have so much criticism, and I'll be so glad. I'm praying that God will let me start it in Old Mexico for the first time. And as I come to Shreveport the first time, it was laying hands on the people, and he let me know what was wrong with them. He told me, if you'll be sincere, it'll come to pass that you'll know the very secret of the heart. How many remembers that me predicting that before? Uh-huh. Did it happen? Now, it's gone on a little farther than that now. Not a little farther, but way farther. See? Now, it'll just keep moving on. And you mark it. See, if there's one speck of fanaticism or anything that's not thus saith the Lord in it, it'll be scripturally purely. Now, in Jesus of Nazareth, when this whole water was on now, or the spirit on him, brothers, I said water a while ago, given a parable so you'd understand. Now, he was God's gift. And any time that God wanted him to do anything... God just raised him up and showed him what to do. And he said, I do not do nothing in myself. Is that right? I only do what I see the Father doing. Did Jesus say that? Then he could not lie. That has to be truth. Now, we just might well settle that forever. Jesus said that he did nothing except the Father showed him first what to do. What I see the Father doing, that doeth the Son likewise. Check back through the Bible and see if the prophets or anything ever done anything outside of first seeing it first to be done. Because you can't say it's thus saith the Lord unless the Lord has said it. And you know it. 
It ain't a mythical workup or some mental emotion. It isn't a psychological uh, psychology. It is absolutely God foreshowing something that's going to happen correctly. And it'll happen every time. It'll never fail once. Now, watch Jesus of Nazareth. He come walking through an audience of people and a little woman pressed her way through all the unbelievers and she was anemia. She had a blood issue and she said in her heart, I believe him. If I could only touch his garment, I'll be made whole. And maybe she slipped under this man's uh, arm, pushed her back. She come around the other side, slipped in the other side, went between that one's knees and on down till she got over to a place that she touched him, walked back away and walked out in the audience. Jesus stopped. said, who touched me? She and the rest of them said, not me. They all denied it. But he said, I perceive that I have gotten weak. See if that translation isn't right. Virtue, strength has gone from me. See, what did she do? He looked around until his power of discernment caught the woman who she was. He said, thy faith is healed. And then she come, fell down at his feet and confessed it all. Now, thy faith has healed thee. Has saved thee, rather. Thy faith has saved thee. Now, she used God's gift. That's what made him weak. But when Lazarus had died and Jesus was foreshown beforehand of God, how that he went away and stayed for so many days the Lazarus was dead and the appropriate days come for his, uh, his body to be deteriorating. And while he was... All this time, God had shown him this because he said at the grave, he said, I thank thee, Father, thou hast already heard me. See? He knew what was going to happen. Look over there. He said, our friend Lazarus is asleep. They said, oh, he rested. He said, he's dead, and for your sake, I'm glad you, I wasn't there. Because it might upset your faith. If you want me to go pray for him, beg me to do it, and I wouldn't do it, then you might lose faith this way. I'm glad I wasn't there. But I go wake him. He knew it. Why? He said, I do nothing until the Father shows me first. He had to see it first. But notice, when he stood there, how much greater was the miracle of the resurrection of Lazarus than the woman touching his garment, but there was nothing said about him getting weak. God had used his gift in Christ before showing the resurrection of Lazarus, and the woman used God's gift to get what she wanted. So in this new thing the Lord has told me about, It'll be God using His gift. And when you're standing here in the public before people out like this, it's just a constant wrong. And it's just a miracle of God. If Him, the virgin-born Son of God, in one time was such a strain until it pulled Him down till He got weak, what about me, a corruptible sinner? And look at the times it happened. See? It's God using His gift. Are you using His gift? So it isn't me that stands here. It's you that stands here that does it. You out in the audience and you here on the platform, you're drawing from God's gift. I'm not His gift. The Spirit is His gift. This is not my voice. It just picks up my voice. It's a, it's a deaf, it's a dumb mute. Until there's something behind it speaks. And so would I be a dumb mute to anything supernatural. Unless the supernatural is using the instrument to speak through. Lord bless you.
Luke, the 19th chapter, 42nd verse. Just before we look upon the Word, let's speak to the author. Our Heavenly Father, the services are nearing to a close. Men and women has been here. Many has accepted the Lord Jesus. Out of that, young men and women probably will be the men and women of tomorrow if thou dost tarry. Many old and going away, preparing for that great hour, for the long, endless eternity that's coming on. God, we thank you for everyone. Many that stood here at the platform that was seriously ill, out in the audience also seriously as well tonight, because of your grace and glory. It doesn't matter to us whether the scientific world examines and calls this, that, or the other. We call your word the truth. Now we're just ready for the closing service. Help us, God. Speak in your word. Divide to us that which is our portion for the night, as you did the bread and the fishes to the waiting multitudes many years ago by the sandy shores of the Galilee. Granted, Father, these blessings we ask in Jesus Christ's name, thy loving child. Amen. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight, thy faith has saved thee. You might read the whole story at your leisure or at the times appropriate for reading. Now, just be as reverent as possible and for a few moments. And we'll try within the next 20 minutes, if God willing, to be ready to start the prayer line. Tomorrow's Monday. You go to work. We leave early in the morning for Houston. My, it was cold. I can just see him shiver as he moved out into the sunlight. And he has been a bad day. They had, nobody had given him anything. There's a lot of beggars around uh, Palestine at the time. And there was people with leprosy and, and afflicted and sick people and, and laying in the streets, blind, lame, halt, withered. And people would give them coins as they passed, the only meager fare they had to live by. But I can see him as he had something on his heart. There had been no coin giving that day. And he moves out from the shadow of the building just a little bit out into the sunshine. There he settles himself down. He feels along. And he settled himself down in the sunlight. As he sat there, he remembered how conditions had been with him and how it was at the time. He's thinking of Rachel at home, his wife. He's thinking of little Leah, his little daughter, and how that what was going to happen to them that night if Daddy wound his way home. Would you help me a little, kind sir? Yes, Martimius, I'll help you to the next corner. Would someone help me to the next corner? Does anyone know me in the crowd? Would you help me to the next corner? 
I'm trying to find my way home. And he thought when he got home and his little girl brushed his bearded cheeks, kissed him, raked his hair, and he felt the little bony hands of his wife as she patted him and hugged him and kissed him, and wonder if there'd been anything giving that day for some food for the night. Isn't that pitiful? No money, just a beggar. He began to think, sitting in the warm sun, he had gathered up his ragged coat around him, which he could not afford a new one. He was a provider for his family. He, he thought of his family first before himself. Any real true dad will do that. Husband. Any Christian will think of others before himself. Every Christian tries to put God first, his family second, he's number three. I've tried to make that a practice in my own life. And as I see him sitting there, it's a good time, he says, the kind of no stirring up and down the streets. Everything's been quiet for a long time. I don't know where everybody's at today. But seemingly there's no one here. And as he snugs down there in the warm sunshine, he begins to kind of think things over. Do you like to get alone and think things over? I do. Just get away. Sometimes I drive my car out, way out in the country, get back in the woods and turn the key off. And just go out and sit down on a log somewhere. Just think things over. Get alone. And as he was sitting there thinking, he said, yes. You know, a few weeks ago, I had a, two little turtle doves that done enchantments and, and turned over, little tumbles over each other. But you know, since my little girl got sick and I went and asked, God, if he'd heal her, I'd, I'd do something special for him. I'd give him these little turtle doves. And she got well, so I gave him the turtle doves. And then when my dear, sweet, loving wife was so ill that night that the doctor said she couldn't live, and I wound my way out around my little doby house, and I knelt down there over the corner, and there's a warm Palestinian breeze just coming down across the fields, the deserts. I promised Jehovah if he let her get well, I only had one thing left and that was a, a lamb. You know, you've seen blind men on the street and dogs lead them. In them days, lambs led them. So he promised God he'd give the lamb. And the next day, when he was going up to offer up at the temple, at the place of the burning of the sacrifice, his lamb, the priest said to him, said, Where goest thou, blind Bartimius? He said, I'm going to offer my lamb. Said, blind Bartimius, you can't do that. Said, I'll give you money to buy you a lamb to offer from the, from the sales up there. He said, but priest, I never told God I'd give him a lamb. I told him I'd give him this lamb. So he said, I must offer the lamb. So he said, you can't, blind Bartimus. That lamb is your eyes. He said, God will provide another lamb for a blind Bartimus' eyes. He was thinking of that. Now, I have no doves to attract the attention of the tourists. 
and the people coming and going. And I have no lamb to lead me home. I just have to go on the mercies of the people. And his mind goes back a little farther. He remembers the day when Mama, when he was a little boy, used to call him in and say, Bartimius, yes, Mother. And she come in and got him up on her lap. And she rocked him and said, My loving little son, I want to tell you a story that's a true story. Bar Bartimius, years ago, the great Jehovah God led our people to this land. He gave it to us by promise through Father Abraham. And when our people was down in Egypt in bondage, God came down, great Jehovah, and he sent a prophet to the earth by the name of Moses. And this Moses was a mighty man. And Jehovah was surely with this prophet. And he performed signs and wonders. And he led the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he brought them into the wilderness. And there Jehovah fed them manna from the heavens. He gave them water from a rock. When they were sick and needy, he provided atonement for their sickness and the lame, the halt, the blind or whatever got wrong with them, they looked at this atonement and lived. But alas, that's gone. The priest tells us that Jehovah isn't like that today. He, uh, he doesn't do that no more. He just did it back there for those people, but he doesn't do it anymore. Isn't that a type of today? Explaining it all away. It isn't Jehovah got away. It's the people's got away. He hears a noise. Here comes someone. Who is it? He hears a little donkey trotting. And the first thing you know as it comes along, a courier running in front of the little donkey. He can hear the bare feet on the ground. He said, would you be... Oh, my. Give me a blind man a coin. I am... Needy today, I have a family. Would you help me out of my way? I am the servant of Jehovah. I have better business than to fool with you blind and beggars today. I am on my way to the ministerial association. That's meeting this morning here in Jericho because there is a fanatic coming in here today. And we understand that he causes a lot of stir when he comes in. And we're going down to form a committee to stop this nonsense before it spreads over the country. Out of my way, beggar! Pardon me, kind priest, your holiness, your reverence. I did not mean to interrupt God's servant. Here's a little donkey trot on the way. Then he gathers up his old ragged clothes and sits down again. He continues his study. He said, you know, where that little old mule was trotting going along there over those same cobblestones, Elijah and Elisha walked down that same road, arm and arm together, going down to cross over Jordan. My mama told me that story. Oh, if I could have only lived in that day. 
If I could have only been sitting here. If Jehovah only had another prophet like that today. I would run out into the street where they were passing. And I'd say, oh, great prophets and honored of God. Would you say, have a, a little word of prayer for me, a blind man? And I believe that those anointed prophets would have asked Jehovah, Jehovah would have restored my sight. And just think, as he's wandering, pondering in his mind, they passed within a stone's throw. Now, but oh, every time they lead me up to the temple, they tell me that all the days of miracles is past. It don't happen no more. Wonder what happened to Jehovah. I know Elijah's gone and Elisha's gone, but has Jehovah gone? He's reasoning this. You know, there's always a reason for those reasons. And he thinks again, just about a few, about 500 yards from here, a little farther, that great warrior, Joshua, prophet, leader, walked down to the Jordan that morning. On the old Jordan in the month of April, the big waves are going through and the whole valley spread with floodwaters coming down from Judea. The snow melting up in the mountains. And this great warrior walks down there to this Jordan and said, Gather all the people around. You are going to see the glory of God. Oh, he said, if I could have only lived in that day. Wouldn't it have been marvelous if I could have lived in that day and I could have met Joshua. Then when he took the priest, put the word first, which was the ark, and started them towards the Jordan, that same Jordan... That's a roaring just behind here, a little piece. Gave away, walled up. And my ancient fathers crossed over Jordan on dry ground. But oh, that was a day gone. Jehovah isn't like that no more, they tell me. He doesn't heal, he doesn't have prophets and so forth no more. He doesn't provide for such as that. Oh, what a mistake. What a mistake that people still get into when you think that. Jehovah changes not. Bible said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God did that back there. He's obligated to meet the same thing under the same circumstance. So sitting there, and after a while it gets a little cool and he moves back again. The sun's shining on him now. He ducks his head over Begins to think again. You know, Mother used to read the scriptures to me. And she told me, oh, she's reading at the Joshua and that great host of people and some of my fathers was in that. They camped right out. Perhaps now, if the wind's coming this way, as they said this morning, they camped right out below here, just a little ways. And the very walls that I'm standing by the ruins now, pelled down by the people marching around the walls. What a great Jehovah he must have been then. But he isn't today. That's the way it is today. We still teach those things. What a great Pentecost was. What a great thing when Peter and John passed through the gate called Beautiful. The man was healed. What good is a Jehovah of yesterday if he isn't the same Jehovah today? What good is the God of Moses if he isn't still the same today? 
It puts him in the mind of a man with a bird in a cage. He goes and gives him the best food he can. Bone building. Make good strong bones on his canary. But he keeps him in the cage so he can't fly. What good does it do to give him good orthodox food if you keep him pinned up? That's what's the matter today. You're sending preachers to seminaries and being very orthodox and trying to give the best food. But they're afraid to come out and tell the people that their faith can set them free and make them healed and well. And Jehovah's still the same. What good does it do to have a Bible study? What good does it do to preach the gospel if you keep the people in a cage? Brother, every one of you tonight can take this word of the living God and go from here just as free as a bird out of a cage. Amen. What good does a God that he don't man at the gate called beautiful if he isn't the same God tonight? If he's lost his power? If his word isn't true tonight as it was then, his promises isn't right? Oh, I was, my righteous indignation was burned up the other night. And I heard that Catholic teacher, national-wide, said this Bible wasn't nothing but try to live by, like wading through a bunch of mud puddles. Blaspheming! And said, what was it? Said, maybe God taking no shut in heaven. He was going to send you down a Bible. So he got some angels and wrote it and had a little angel come to the quarters of glory and come down and hand it to you. Said it was a Catholic creed. Said the apostles and Mark, Luke, and John never wrote nothing. Just a bunch of stuff that was wrote out and half of it was true and tales that was told and everything. I believe that every word is solemnly the truth of God. Yes, sir. And I believe, he said, now that is the word that was some kind of a hearsay history of the Catholic Church years ago. He said, but the church is moving on today. If the Catholic Church is the true church of God and it don't stand by its original word, if it's the word of God, then there's something wrong somewhere. The Bible said, woe unto him that will take anything out of here or add anything to it. The same will be taken out of the book of life. If Jesus Christ, not only Catholics take it out, but Protestants too. Sure they do. They knife it and cut it and this is inspired and that's not. And this is to make it fit your petty doctrine. Brother, every word of it's inspired. And every word of it is just as good today as it was the day that Jesus sealed the, his, the book there with his blood at Calvary. Every promise is yea and amen to the believer. Bartimaeus sat there looking around. Directly thought, you know what? Maybe not a 200 yards this way. The great warrior Joshua was walking around one day. And as he drew near the wall within a bow shot from the wall, he looked. And there stood a man with his sword drawn. Joshua, being a warrior, drew his sword. And he went to meet him. And he said, are you with us? Are you our enemy? And the man said, Nay, I am the captain of the host of the Lord. And said, Thank! His feet stood 200 yards from where I am right now. Little did he know that the same captain was coming out the gate in a few minutes. Amen. You know, when you think about God, when you keep your mind, oh, you're thinking, you sit in church and think about everything else but God. How are you going to do your washing? What are you going to do at the office tomorrow? 
How are you going to do this? That, or keep your mind off of that and think on God. The Bible says there be any praise, if there be any virtue, think on these things. Wonder if I'll be called in the prayer line. Wonder if God will speak. Don't think that kind of a negative thought. Don't let it go through your mind. Make every word positive. Never thought positive. See it? You know, the disciples, after the resurrection of Jesus, Cleopas and his friend was on his road down to Emmaus. And as he went along talking about Jesus, thinking about Jesus, he stepped right out of the bushes and walked with them. While they were thinking on while they were meditating. That's the same way Jesus does today. In my heart, on my mind, all day long. Let me walk with the Lord in the light of His Word. With the heavenly dove, let me have fellowship all day long. Brian Bartimius is sitting there thinking, Oh, if I could have only lived in that day when the great captain of the host of the Lord stood by the prophet Joshua with a sword dart, and Joshua, the great warrior, threw off his shield, threw off his helmet, laid down his sword and running, fell down at his feet. If I could only been living in that day. But alas, the priest says the days of miracles is past. We can't have healings no more and things. It's a thing past. All of it once the Salak school turned out. The awfulest noise coming from the city. Some of them hollered, Oh, way with you! Say, you divine healer, we got Mr. Rabbi Jones here. Why don't you come heal him? Perform a miracle here. Let us see you do it. Oh, you've done it in Capernaum, you said. You've done it here and there. Let's see you do it here. Hey, you that raises the dead. We got a graveyard up here plumb full of dead Jews. Come up and raise them all up, if thou be the Christ. Barnabas said, listen to that. Who are they talking to? And others said, Hosanna to the king. <laughs> Glory to God in the highest. Overripe fruit being thrown at him. And an office conglomeration of noises and one hissing and making fun. Others said, hey, you that can tear the temple down and build it up in a few days. Won't you make this man here get his hearing? Come back here and perform a miracle. The same old devil that was met Jesus and said, perform a miracle here before me. Turn these bread, these stones into bread and let me see you do something. Same one still is today. Jesus, with his face set towards Calvary, walking out of the city as he moves along slowly his head up towards the skies, leading the host of the people, the apostles trying their best, number 12 man, to keep the people back and bat off the overripe fruit and things, towed at him, his head set towards Calvary, his heart leaning that way, with all the responsibilities of the world, every sin was to be placed upon him. He was to go in such agony until the blood and water would separate in his body. And would pour from it. He had to do it. He didn't have to, but his love constrained him to do it. If he didn't do it, we'd be lost. His enemies would be lost. But he loved even his enemies. All that bearing on his great heart moves slowly as he walks down. I can just see. Barnabas said, What are they talking about? First thing somebody stumbled over him, said, Hey, kicked him with his foot, said, What are you doing sitting here? Hey, you up there, 
You're with your head up in the air. You who heals the sick. Let me have a little talk with you. Barnabas said, what? Who heals the sick? Uh, kind sir, would somebody tell me who this is passing by? What's all the, what's all the commotion about? I am a blind man. Can you see? Somebody beat him this way. Uh, uh, who is this? Uh, who passes? And somebody else hit him. Finally, knock him down. He picks up his old ragged coat and begins to feel and put it around himself. And finally, a kind lady laid her hands over on him. She said, Kind sir, blind man, nobody seems to pay any attention to you. Maybe you don't understand that the great prophet of Nazareth passes by. Who is this prophet of Nazareth? Why, she said, Sir, don't you know he is the one who was promised by Moses? And Isaiah said when he come, the blind would see and the lame would leap like a heart and so forth. And he claims to be this person. You don't know him? No. Where is he? He's just passing by. Oh, Jesus, thou son of David. Hallelujah. Faith call old. Have mercy on me. Oh, she said, you can't make him hear you. It's too much going on. He's quite a ways down the road now. You can't make him hear you. But have faith in God. You know, I heard of a, here a few days ago, a woman touched his garment and ran out in the audience. And you know what? They tell me that he even felt it. And her faith had touched him. And you know, I also heard that a man named Philip come to him and brought a man named Nathaniel and he even knew who he was. He even knew where a fish was that had a coin in his mouth. And he went and paid the tribute to keep him quiet so he could preach. You mean then, lady, that maybe my faith... I have faith! I've been thinking about the Bible. I got faith. Oh, Jesus, thou son of David. God, Jehovah, let him let my faith touch him. Oh, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Some said, oh, make that fellow keep quiet. Standing there by, he's done too far down the road. Not too far for him. He's never too far, but what he can be touched. Oh, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Had that blind beggar's face stopped Jesus in the middle of the road. Stopped. Turned around. Just a moment. Listen to where it was way back over there. Said, bring him here. Amen. I like that. Bring him here. Oh my. Jesus stopped on his road to Calvary. If that blind beggar's faith stopped him on the road to Calvary, how much more will your faith stop him tonight when he's trying to get to your heart? And he turned around. He said, Thy faith has saved thee. Receive your sight. He turns and goes on. What had happened? God had provided a lamb for that blind man's eyes. God's provided lamb for blind Bartimus' eyes. That same lamb's provided tonight for you. It's provided for anything that you have need of. And he's passing this way. And he's a high priest that can be touched by the feeling of your infirmities. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as people yet today, after 2,000 years of Bible teachings, 
they still grow, group in utter darkness, hearts all covered over with things of the world, and tonight the whole world's in chaos. And here you are right among us still living. You'll never die. You die once to put away sin. But you'll resurrect it again and alive forevermore. Because you live, you give the promise that we can live also by accepting and believing on Him. I pray tonight, dear Lord Jesus, in the closing time, knowing that perhaps we don't know when we'll ever meet again. And I pray that you'll be merciful tonight. And maybe there might not be a blind man here, a blind woman, but there may be some that's blind to the, the presence of you being here. Their souls are packed away with some sort of man-made theology. And in this great day, you permitted it to be. You said there'll come a time when there won't be a famine just for bread and water, but for hearing the Word of God. And man would run to and fro seeking it. And we've lived to see that day when one says this way and the one says that way. But we're thankful, Lord, that you said, I am the way. And if you are the way, then you're a present tense here now to prove that you are the way. Not any church doctrines or any theology or any denomination, but you are the way. Surely, Father, the streets ought to be packed with people just now to hear and to see the resurrected Lord Jesus come in His great power and do those things that He said He would do. But Thou hast given us these. You said, no, you can't come. And you won't come. You've got eyes, but you can't see ears and can't hear. Well did Isaiah speak of you. But those that has come, I pray, Father, that you'll take each and every one of them into thy kingdom, seal them with the promise of the Holy Spirit. While we have our heads bowed, I wonder if there's anyone here tonight at the ending of the revival, after seeing the not some new church doctrine, not seeing some one who comes and tries to present some kind of a doctrine or a theology, but see the Lord Jesus himself rise in the midst of you and confirming His Word like He said He would do. And you're without Christ, without God, without the Holy Ghost tonight. And you'd raise your hand by, to God and by doing so say, Ah, God, please remember me now while my heart is still beating, while I still have life, and while the Holy Spirit is telling me that I have a chance yet if I'll only accept it. And I'll raise my hand to you and accept it. Will you do it as you raise your hand? God bless you, son. God bless you, brother. God bless you, little man. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. God bless you way back in the back. Uh, God bless you up in the balcony. God bless you down here at the bottom, young man. God bless you, sir. Raise your hand. God bless you, young lady over there. That is fine. Remember, just the moment you slip up your hand, God's Word is right. Right then, God gives you eternal life. And it'll never perish. He said, so he that heareth my words, believeth on him that sent me, hath, that's present tense, eternal life, shall not come into judgment, but pass from death and life. If you mean it from your heart, raise up your hand. God's obligated. 
if you believe me to be his servant and in contact with the spiritual world, which is the Holy Ghost. If you believe it, hear my words, because I'm quoting to you the Bible. Someone else now would raise your hand? Pass me not. God bless you, brother. God bless you, sister. God bless you, young lady. God bless you back there, sir. Oh, are you over here, lady? Wonderful. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. God bless you, brother, back there. The... Hear my humble cry, O Jesus, thou son of David. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. I'm told last night, way back here at the side, there was an elderly man, 70 or 80 years old, sitting back there. Doctor, give him a shot, paralyze him, shake him with palsy. Some of his loved ones brought him in to hear the service. While sitting there, and after closing the service, the great anointing of the Holy Ghost, the elderly brother closed his eyes and went to meet God. Who's next? I don't know. Might not be an old man. It might be a young man, a boy or girl. I don't know. If you're not right with God, will you raise your hand now? Somebody hasn't. Raise your hand. He's been 20 or 30. Raise your hand. God bless you, sir. God bless you, someone. God bless you, sir. Someone else just feel like I'm constrained by the Holy Spirit to just linger a little longer. Someone else? A lady there in a the chair? God bless you, sister. That is wonderful. He sees your hand. Even if I don't, he sees it. Way up in the balcony behind the glass up there. Someone in there would raise up your hand and say, God, be merciful. God bless you, sir. See your hand up there. Someone else, be merciful to me, dear God. Brother Branham, if I never see you again this side of glory, by God's grace, I mean to shake your hand over there. I'm coming up on the basis of God's word. What you said about it, that he's willing to take me, not willing that I should perish. And I cannot raise my hand without first God telling me to because no man can come except the Father draws me. Upon my conviction now that you're right, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He died for me and He's resurrected again for my justification and lives here with me, I want Him to see my hand. I now accept Him from the depths of my soul as my Savior and desire the baptism of the Holy Ghost to come upon me. All right? One more? All right. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, You saw every hand. Twenty or thirty hands, perhaps, I do not know. But there's one thing that I do know, that every hand went up. An angel wrote it down or some way. It's recorded in glory tonight. Satan's defeated to begin with. One soul's worth ten thousand worlds. And they raise their hand with the sincerity of their heart. They believe you to be the Son of God. And want you to have mercy upon them. And you said in your own word, No man can come except the Father draws him. And all that the Father has given me will come to me. And none of them will be lost. No man can pluck them from my hand. My Father gave them to me. No one can take them away. I'll give him everlasting life and will raise him up at the last day. Little boys, middle age. Young man, old man, young women, old women. Together they raise their hands. They're concerned, Lord, knowing that they must leave this world. And they want to be remembered. 
in your kingdom. As the thief at the cross said, Remember me, Lord, when thou comest into thy kingdom. And thou didst say to him, Today, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Thank you, Father, for everyone. I pray that you'll keep them in the palms of your hands by the shed blood. And some glorious day when there will be no more day and night, for all will be day there. The sun will never shine because the Lamb is the light. There will be no darkness. May I be able to shake that hand that raised up tonight when we're looking upon Him who saved us by His grace. Or we ask it in His name. Amen. Oh, I don't know how you feel. Uh, if I am a hypocrite, I, I don't know it. I'm honest in it. But I, I just feel just really relieved. Like I just feel real good. You feel that way? See? The Lord has brought home penitent sinners. That's the greatest miracle that could ever happen. Men and women who walk these streets out here does these things that it ought not to do. And then when they come and give their hearts over to God, changes their whole attitude, that's a miracle. That's like taking a pig and making a lamb out of it. Talk about a miracle. Greater than the sick being healed or anything. Now to you young converts, will you promise me as soon as the healing service is over that you'll come up and kneel around the altar and give thanks to God for saving you and I believe right then he'll give you the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I don't say that he'll do this tonight. But now let's just think. What? Let's just, just take away all superstitions now. If he has raised from the dead, then he's obligated to be with us tonight because he said, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. Did he say that? If he said it, He'll do it. That's right. Now, what did you do a while ago when you raised your hand? You lost your life. When you raise your hand, he that loses his life shall find it. Is that right? But he that keepeth his life shall lose it. Let's all say that together. He that loses his life for my sake shall find it. He that keepeth his life shall lose it. Aren't you glad that you lost yours? And now, God will keep your life. Got everlasting life. Thank be to God. All right. We're going to step back to the platform to pray for the sick. How many would like to see the Lord Jesus? See your hand. Certainly. How many believe that he raised from the dead? Well, how could we see him, man, if he's raised from the dead? How could we see him? How did he say we could see him? Now, I said, yet a little while and the world won't see me anymore. Yet you'll see me. Is that right? For I will be with you, in you, to the end of the world. Then how do you see Jesus? In one another. Ye are written epistles. Is that right? Christ is in us. 
Isn't that wonderful? Oh, it, it's matchless. It's marvelous. It's beyond thought that Christ, one time he traveled over the children of Israel in a pillar of fire. When he settled on the mountain, even nothing could touch it. It had to be killed. Then he came down and lived in his son. And he lived there. Man could touch him, but he was virgin born. And he gave his life, his blood, that the sexual born people could come back into fellowship and have fellowship with him and be part of him. So it's God, not in the pillar of fire, not God in Christ. It's in you. All that God was, he poured into Christ. Is that right? In him dwell the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And all that was in Christ, he poured into the church. Amen. You see? Now, his spirit, he said, if I do not the works of my Father, then believe me not. But if I do the works of my Father, though you don't believe me, believe the works. And same tonight. If a man does the works of God, then he is of God. If he doesn't the works of God, then he isn't of God. So may the Lord bless you while we pray for the sick. You love him? Let's sing one little chorus, only believe now because I've been preaching. Father, I pray that in Jesus' name that you will grant the healing of each one of these and may they be made well for your glory. I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you will grant
God bless you. Just look at the sick people. Oh, God bless you, honey. I, I, I wish there was something I could do. I truly wish there was something I could do. I, I just can't. I'm just your brother. If I could come down there and heal you, oh, bless your heart. I, I just put a great big line deep here and say, I'm going to heal you. I'm going to heal you. I, I, I do it every once. But if Jesus was standing there, he couldn't do that. He'd say, I already done it. I already done it. See? You'd say, don't you believe it? According to your faith, be it unto you. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Now, if the Father was showing something, he said, the Father told me this, so you go and peace this is done. But according to your faith, if the Father hadn't shown you that, according to your faith, be it unto you. Now, now, look. Let's just, we've got plenty of time. We're early tonight. So, let's just think this for a few minutes. I'm going to try to get this whole line here tonight, and even more, if I can, to pray for Now, I want God to heal everyone out there. Now let's just imagine now, we're, we're Methodists, Baptists, and we're all different denominations here. Let's just, just settle down for just one time for the next 45 minutes or whatever it is. Let's just settle down for a few minutes and think this. Now, I'm going to look straight to glory. Bless you. Now, if you'll just wait and, and just sit real still and quiet, keep the little kitties as quiet as you can, keep looking this way and praying, because look, when once the Holy Spirit strikes, Every one of you becomes subject to it. There you are. It's like a big breath. Look. One movie. I can tell it. Oh, you say, Brother Ben? Oh, yeah. Jesus, when he went to raise the dead girl one time, he put them all out of the house, let a man outside the city, and so forth. See? You've got to have reverence. Certainly be just as reverent as you can be now for a few moments. Now, if you'll bring your first patient, or the, the, the man here, the boy. All right? How real reverend. Just a moment. That his blessings will come. Now here stands a lad here. I have never seen him in my life, I guess. He's a perfect stranger to me. That's right. But God knows you, sir. And I do not know you. Only thing I know, you're just a lad standing there. That's all I know. Now, the man raising his hand that he, he never knew me, I don't know him, then how could there, how could anything take place unless it would be revealed? Now, what if Messiah is the same? What if the man's here a blasphemer? What if he's standing here just a, just a hypocrite and standing in the line? To make a show, watch what happens to him. You see him take that man out last night? You know what happens to him. Many paralyzed today in an insane institution and everything else from trying that. You know it. You'll see, God will speak. What if he's sick? Needs help. Could I help him? No. Could Jesus help him if he was standing here? No, no more than to tell him. And if Jesus has risen from the dead and I can yield myself to him, the Holy Spirit, what would the Holy Spirit do if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? The same thing he done to the woman at the well. Would tell her where her troubles were. You tell the man where his troubles were and what he come here for. Is that right? Then that would make the resurrected Jesus living in his church. Is that right? That's infallible proof of his resurrection. 
Hey, young man, I just want you to look this way to talk to you just a moment. You don't even have to answer me. See, there's lots of people around me, behind me, this side. And now at the anointing of the Holy Ghost this year, you're aware of that. And you are a Christian. You're not a hypocrite. You're a Christian standing here before me because as soon as I catch your spirit, you'll welcome. Right? You're a Christian. I don't know you, never seen you, know nothing about you. You just was probably born way apart and might live around here and uh, I've never seen you before, but God knows you. But if God, by His Holy Spirit, can go into your future like He did the woman at the well and tell you what you're standing here for, then will you receive Him and believe that it's not your brother, that it's the Lord Jesus that's standing present? You'll believe it and will accept it. Or if it's finance trouble, if it's sickness, if it's whatever it is, spiritual problems, whatever it is, He'll give it to you if you'll believe it. Because He ever promises to you. Now, if the audience is still hearing my voice, I wish everyone could see what I'm looking at. A light moving between me and the boy. Moving way away. And I see the boy moving away from some place that must be at his home. He is a southerner, and he's, he's got a, I see a blood-like dripping. He's got a blood condition. And he's got a stomach trouble. Has trouble in his eating. That's true. That's right. The man doesn't come from here either. He comes from Macon, Georgia. And he's a preacher. And his name is Smith. And his first name's Arthur. That is right. Return home rejoicing. Praise the Lord. Praising God. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Do you believe? Have faith. The Lord God knows all things. Now, that ought to be sufficient for every person. Everybody right now ought to be healed just at this time. When I tell you that which is true, I, I, I do not tell you wrong, I tell you truth. Jesus knows every one of you. Now let us pray again. Is this the patience of lady? i never seen you, lady. But God knows you, doesn't he? Do you believe me to be his servant? With, now the reason I say that is just not believe me as him, but believe that he sent me. Now I never sent myself. He sent me that I might be a help to you. You're a woman, I'm a man. Between us is God. You're his daughter. I am his son. And then in here, there's something wrong with you, and God sent me to use my mouth to tell you something, and he wants you to know, so that, he, and then he told you through the word, but now so that you'll, in this great day of science and everything, so that you'll know he really resurrected in his here, 
you believe then, won't you, with all your heart? You've got one thing, an extremely nervous condition. I see you just walking the floor from nervousness. Walk to a window, come back, walk in the other room, back and forth. And there's something dropping as you, oh, it's a, it's a bladder condition. That's right. And I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times you've been in for the healing of it, for operation. It's failed every time. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is sure to make you well. You Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, bless this woman who is standing And may she go and be healed. The Lord be merciful. How do you do? Just to contact you. We being strangers to each other, not knowing each other, but God knows both of us. Of course, you're wearing your glasses. We know that there's something wrong with your eyes. It won't then pray for. But maybe outside of that, there might be something wrong that he'd want me to know. And if there is, and are you conscious that this that you feel is God's spirit? Now I know it's something, it's an inward feeling, not an outward. You're not feeling like I put my hand on you. But inside of you, there's something strangely going on. Isn't that right? Because that light's settling all around over you. You got trouble with your head, too. That is right. And I see you concerned about a it's a, a, a boy, a child. It's your grandchild. Kind of retarded life. You believe him now? Oh dear God who raised up Jesus from the dead. I pray that you'll give blessings to this woman who stands in your presence whose faith has spoke. In Jesus' name, Amen. God, be merciful to you, my sister. Now, on down, only have faith. I'm trying to keep from the audience as long as possible. you got a wonderful faith moving here tonight. May I talk to the woman just a moment? We being strangers to each other, lady don't know one another, but the Lord Jesus knows us both. What if today, if it was 2,000 years ago, and the woman had just left the well and come into the city, where Jesus was sitting and said, come see a man, why he told me where my trouble was, and you walked out to the well, and there sat the same man. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Well, the world would say, oh, but he perished years ago. But he didn't. He was God. He lives today. 
just the same today. I'm just a sinner saved by His grace. Subject to all kinds of mistakes and ups and downs. Oh my, everything wrong with me. But there's nothing wrong with Him. But if He by His Spirit and will give me grace to reveal to you the same thing He did to that woman, what your trouble is, will you accept Him as the resurrected one? Not knowing you, I wouldn't know what's wrong with you. Certainly. But the reason that you're here, I see someone else standing. The boy. He's drinking. Staggering along. Reckless in his drive. He's everything. You're afraid something's going to happen to you. I see another man come on the scene. And that must be your husband. He smokes and you don't want him to do that. You're a gallant woman. Standing and asking for that which is right. May God grant you your request, my dear beloved sister. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I bless you for the great principles and things that you stand for. And God give you the desire of your heart, my beloved sister. Amen. Being strange to you, lady. There is no way for me to know you except we would have introductory and we would sit down and you'd talk to me and tell me what's your trouble. That would be the human side. But if there's someone here who knows you, if I told you, lady, uh, you're sick, and you'd say, yes, well, you're, or you tell me, you say, Mr. Branham, I, I come to you to pray for me because I'm sick. Well, I'd say, all right, um, you're going to get well. You'd have a right to doubt that. Well, that's just a man. Because you don't know that's in the future. But what if God here tells you what, maybe God told me that. But what if he tells me what was in the past? Then you know where that's true. That's a miracle, isn't it? That's looking down your life by a spirit of a seer. God said in the last days that your old man would dream dreams, your young man would see visions. That's God's promise. That right. Then he's true to his promise. Believe. Your trouble is in the mid part, the, the abdomen, stomach. You're under a doctor's care. And the doctor's puzzled about your case. He don't know whether it's a tumor or whether it's malignant, cyst. He's mentioned several things, but he don't know what it is. And I see a little table coming out or a chart. You're scheduled for an operation. That's right. And that's to become about the middle of the week. About Wednesday, you're up for an operation. That's true. You believe that God will let you live? You believe that Jesus said, if they lay hands on the sick, they shall recover? Come here. Dear Heavenly Father, as a woman stands here, her life is open before you. Now, if she can have faith, 
she lives. If not, she doesn't. And I pray, God, and charm my faith with the rest of this church as I lay my feeble, unworthy hands upon this suffering mortal and ask for her life to be spared. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. The Lord bless you, my sister, and be kind to you. Christ there. You lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. 
And this I lay my hands upon her as a believer in Jesus Christ's name, that she shall recover. Amen. Go and believe and have faith. Don't die. Do you believe, sister, that you're standing in the presence of the Lord Jesus and not your brother? You've had your ups and downs of life as I see a long black shadow following you along. You've had times that you've tried to consecrate yourself and not able to do it. Isn't that right? I'm not reading your mind. I'm only anointed with the Holy Ghost, the resurrected Jesus. Now finally you've got acid in your blood and caused you to have arthritis. You stiff of the morning when you get up and you hardly walk around. Isn't that true? Now you know there's something here telling you that, isn't there? You want a full consecration and a pure deliverance by the Holy Ghost. I'll pray for you. You accept this. Our kind Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, I bless this, my beloved sister, and I cast away the devil from her and all the fear, and may she go and receive that which she asked for. In Jesus Christ's name, I join my faith with her. Amen. God bless you, sister. Now go and live a real consecrated. My, there's plenty of your disease in the audience tonight. Real nervous, aren't you? Just. You believe that God can make you well? Well, you believe with all your heart? Come here this morning. He's done left you, but I just want to lay hands on you anyhow. Dear Heavenly Father, seeing that black shadow move away from this woman immediately, that no, Satan knows that you're here. Many times he knew it before the believers there, the so-called believers in the days gone by. And I pray that you bless my sister and may you stay from her every affliction of her body in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, sister. Go believing. You believe? Let us say praise the Lord now. Praise Just only believe. See the light hanging over the little lady praying? Fear not, sister. You had stomach trouble, but Jesus Christ make you well. You believe with all your heart? Believe that God will make you well? If you do, you can have what you ask for. Jesus Christ healed you. Yes, you believe that Jesus make you well? Amen. It was you that screamed. He heard you touched his garment. And this happened to be something struck that elderly lady sitting back there. Of course, she had the same thing and wanted to be healed. When it left you, it left her. Mother, raise up your hand and accept it. That's right. Now go. You can both be well. It's your free pride. See, the devil got all disturbed with some nervous condition. He's done it. Hallelujah! Pass me not, O gentle Savior. 
your eyes, the lady sat next to you, he thought he missed you. Just believe. That's all he said to do. Just have faith in God. This was how do you do, sir? Supposingly we're strangers to each other, sir. I've never seen you in my life. We're totally strangers to each other. That is right. If I be God's servant, maybe you'd have a right to doubt me as a man. But if God will prove that he's, he's here and it's not me, then you'd believe him, would you? You would. Had a lot of trouble, having you? Your chest. You've been operated on for trouble in it. There was like a dirt or something fell on you and did this. That's right. And above everything, you need healing for your body. But above everything, you need healing for your soul because you're a sinner. You never accepted the Lord Jesus. Will you now accept Him as your personal Savior? You now believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and accept Him as your personal Savior? Thy sins be forgiven thee. And may the God of heaven heal this body and raise him to strength and health. In Jesus Christ's name, I ask it. Amen. Go on your own, brother. Your sins are forgiven and you're going to be well. God bless you. Let us say praise be to the living God. Dost thou now believe? Can you believe with all things? What if I never said a word to you and you said that Jesus Christ made you well? Would you believe it? You would? Then go rejoice and be happy and say thanks be to God. What if I told you when you were standing down there a while ago and I looked around at you and you kind of looked kind of strange to me. Remember when I looked at you down there? All that trouble that you're back. That's you. Praise the Lord. You're shattered for death, lady. You know that? A few moments ago when I was speaking to a lady here on a platform that had cancer, my, something struck you. Very weird. That's when it left you. Now, if you just believe, you can go on and have what you have. You can bless you. Let us say praise the Lord. How do you do, little man? Do you believe with all your heart? Bless his little heart. Come here, sonny boy, to Brother Brandon. You like to go to church? You know when the Sunday school teacher tells you about Jesus taking little boys and girls and laying his hands up on them and they'd get well of their sickness and so forth? You remember that? Now, Jesus was crucified so that he could live forever. See, Jesus lost his life so he could find it. See? And he has his life and gave his life so we could have life too. Now, we believe in Him, and we don't want the life of the world, so we lost our life so we could find it. Is that right? There's a connection with the lady and little boy there with this child. I felt the Holy Spirit and the angel went right straight over it. That hangs over the one now. 
child being anema, but God can heal. Don't you believe that? Glenn got a double hernia. Oh, great Jehovah. Jehovah Rapha. In the form of the Holy Ghost who provided a lamb on the mountain for Abraham that offered up at Isaac's stead. Come now and do thy great work upon this family. I bless them in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Go, my little lad. And God go with you. Coming with the lad a few moments ago and speaking of heart troubles that person, you just felt, didn't you, that something was taking Praise place? Yes. Isn't that right? Now go on rejoicing. Praise the Lord. Our beloved Savior knows all things, and He can make you to eat, have a good strong stomach, and just eat and do like you want to do. Don't you believe that? You do, do you accept Him now as your Praise the Lord. The Lord God bless you, my dear brother. And I lay my hands upon you for your healing in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you, my brother. Come now. What if I said you were healed sitting there? Would you believe it? Would like the others is in? Now go and rejoice. Then praise be to God. Brother Krauss, I know you. I know your trouble, so I don't have to call it. See, because I know you. Is that stone in that kidney stone coming down. But dear God of heaven, my gallant brother, it is a presence. If I have the power to heal you, I'd do it. I'd move that kidney stone. But he who stands here between us has all the power. So I lay my hands upon thee, my gallant brother, and I condemn this sickness that would take your life. I condemn this enemy. And ask that in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that he lives a many a long happy year. For God, I believe the man is worthy who I ask for. In the name of Jesus Christ, I ask it. Amen. God bless you, my dear brother Krauss. Oh, how wonderful. You believe Jesus would heal you high blood pressure, sister, sitting there looking at me? Yeah. He was so earnest about that as you were looking, you touched his garment. That's right. Praise the Lord. You believe that he'll do it? Let you do it. Raise up your hand then. Praise the Lord. Oh, isn't he so real, isn't he? Yes. Jesus said, I can if ye believe. That's right. Isn't that right? You're interested in him, aren't you, lady? God can heal that back trouble. You know that. Heal the eyes of you too. Should you believe that? Put your hand over him. Dear Heavenly Father. In the name of thy beloved Son, the Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord, that as I feel my strength moving away now, I pray that you will heal them and make them well in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Don't fear. Oh, Mother, it wasn't them, it was you. You think God would heal you those headaches so you wouldn't have them? You believe it? All right, you can have it then. The elderly lady's thing next to you, she has a pressure too, and the lady's trouble, and she has headaches also. I know this lady on this side. Headaches too. That's right. Don't you, lady? It just left you just stand when the sister was healed. You were also. Oh, he's so wonderful. Both of you together. Your faith makes you well. Nervous is a horrible thing, but Jesus Christ can make you well. Do you believe it? I'll show you something. How many out there suffering with nervousness? Just raise up your hand. Look here, lady. Look there. See? That's the reason. It's just pulling the life from me. See? I just feel the perspiration running all over me. I get weak and my hands and face and lips feel real thick. And I, I know it's... What you scared of, sister? Just don't know, do you? It just seems to happen. You just can't help it. It's going to go away and be well now. I'm happy. If God will let me prove it to you right now by knowing you, not knowing you only through the Spirit, or cast it away, will you go and believe with all your heart? Come here. The rest of you nervous and upset and asthmatic people. Satan, I know you're not afraid of me or no uh, other person here, but you're afraid of the one who's watching over us. You have no rights. You were robbed at Calvary. Not robbed, but you were stripped. And you have nothing. You're a bluff. Now cast you away from this woman and the rest of them out there. In the name of Jesus Christ, come out of them. Now, now look here. Now you feel different, don't you? Yes, sir. Amen. The rest of you will too. You believe? Why can't you be healed? Let us all be healed. How do you do, sir? I don't know you. I'm a stranger to you. Do you believe Jesus can make you well? If he doesn't, you must die sharply. You know that. Cancer. Rectal. That's right. You couldn't afford to go in your condition either. You're a sinner. You want to be saved? You want to accept him as your Savior now? Oh God, a man laying in the dark shadows and cold, not a blind man, he has been blind spiritually, but now he sees. He raises his hand to you, God. He accepts you as his Savior. Spare his life, dear Father. Let him live. May his sins be under the blood of this hour. May your power come upon him and heal him. I pray in Jesus' name. God bless you, sir. You feel different now, don't you? 
Raise your hand and praise God. Praise God. Praise God.